Keep it on. Keep it on. Alexa, stop. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. So sleep paralysis. This is something that's been happening lately. Have you guys ever had sleep paralysis? Yes. Oh, my God. I have a little, but I never saw, like, the creepy witch sitting on your chest. I did. I Thank did. God I didn't. Well, for me, it's not a creepy witch. So what happens, if I go to sleep before 4 a.m., I get it, like clockwork now. <gasps> so Around what time 4 are you? So you have to go to bed at 5 a.m. in order not to? No, like I usually go to bed around 3.30 or 4 and then I'm safe. But if I go to bed at like 1, like usual, then like I'm up at 4 with sleep paralysis. And what's happening is raccoons or squirrels or some shit will be walking on my roof. And it wakes me up, but my body's still frozen. And for some reason, the noises of them walking, they're not scampering. They're just strolling around sounds like they're in my house like that's how Mm -hmm. my brain's interpreting it yeah and then i invent an intruder and it's literally the classic (gasps) shadowy man figure oh no and occasionally he'll come into my room (gasps) and i will see him and he'll stand at the foot of my bed oh this makes me want to cry yeah and then i'm just stuck there and i can't get to sleep for like 30 minutes and i'm just frozen in terror with this shadowy man Mm -hmm. kind of like bubbling in front of me and then two nights ago he crawled terrifying it was yeah that one actually finally woke me up it got me out like i shook out of it somehow but like yeah something's up i need to jesus christ i can't think of anything scarier than that right now i'm in a weird state right now because i'm operating on very little sleep and i'm extremely happy but i'm also terrified constantly yeah it's like too many emotions thanks Um, for the whiskey you're welcome. <laughs> Maybe it'll make you go to sleep. <coughs> well, last night I didn't have any because even though I went to bed early because I got too drunk. And now I'm like, well, that's one solution, but it's probably not like the long term. Yeah, one. right. And s- drunk yeah. sleep isn't the best sleep. No, it's it not. wasn't good sleep at all. But it was continuous. I <laughs> never had sleep paralysis until I moved in with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And... And he started sleeping on top of your chest. (laughs) He just crouched. He dresses in a shroud (laughs) and approaches me at night. Um, But he, uh, so our house, like it's the landlord. It was his mom's house, Mm -hmm. and we both think that she uh, passed there in the room that we sleep in. No, and she's very uh, protective of CJ and not very kind to me. Oh, because you're the newbie, right? She's like a cat. She's eased up the last like most like the majority of the last few months. Um, Have you been feeding her treats? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know her name? I don't know her name. Hell. In, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you get it? Yeah, I don't know if you we saw what I did there. That was really um, nice. But she'll she was like in the corner one night, and I could not move. And then she got closer, and then she turned into a snake. Yeah. What? That's not as scary to me. And then the snake like climbed up, and then it uh, under the sheets was, or over? No, it was right next to me, like along the headboard. Oh my god! And then it turned back into her, so she was just like right <gasps> over me. Oh my god! Kind of like Beetlejuice when he has like the head, and yes. the body of a snake. 
And then I like slowly sat up, but mm-hmm. I still couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And I just started sobbing. And CJ oh. woke up and he was like, what's happening? And I was like, there was a snake person. <laughs> she hates me. And he was like, oh, OK. And she loves you. Yeah. She sure loves you. <laughs> oh, it's the not being able to move part that that's, is the hardest. That's what's scary. Like what you're seeing, you can kind of like, I can rationalize, I can rationalize, but like you can't move, so it's got to be real. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's weird because you you can move, but you right. feel like if you move, it's going to get you. Well, it's weird. Your brain's justifying. So the way I've heard it described physiologically is that your brain wakes up, but your body doesn't. Yeah. And your brain gets like fooled by this dreamlike state to focus on anything except waking yourself up. Yeah. And so like that's why you can't move is because you're asleep. And you're only mm-hmm. focused on But your brain is like just eyes off. open picturing dreams in front of you or whatever. It's stupid. It's so dumb. It's the dumbest thing your body can do. <laughs> like it's dumber than just dreaming, which is already dumb. It can't be dumber than a fart. I don't know. Farts, Farts are healthy. Make you feel better afterwards. That's true. This. Get that gas out. Yeah. Man, my stomach hasn't been right since we went to Six, Six Flags. Flags. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, well, shit. I've been. Have some more queso. I'm gonna. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> healthier that than anything that's there. Probably. We didn't even really eat anything. I mean, I you got did. french fries. I also had chicken. You did? But mm-hmm. I ate it before. I shame ate it before y'all got came it. back. I was don't like, I'm going to eat these chickens first. Don't eat chicken at an amusement park. Well, That you doesn't know, end don't well. Tell me what to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, my God. You were you really like channeling Franny there. Mm-hmm. That was like a full. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> yeah. That's the sweetest compliment mm-hmm. I've ever gotten. Yeah, it was meant as one. Um, good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Well, well, let's. Well, welcome to Weird Brunch. We're here. Everybody has sleep paralysis, except for Whitney. You've never for, had it. Now, I've had sleep. Like I've been in that half awake state where I think I need to move my arms and I can't, and I mm-hmm. can't move my body and like come out of it. However, I have yet to experience any type of entities trying to fuck with me. Right. And if that starts happening because of y'all, mm-hmm. you- I'm gonna really legit come to your house in a shroud and kill both of you. Okay. <laughs> no, oh, you yeah. just needed someone to implant the idea in your head and I, now it'll happen. I've heard of it before. I mm-hmm. just really, really don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were vivid about it, you know. I know. So, like this might be more effective. Uh, join the club. No. They're like no. join us. I don't want it's to like join the you. mentors. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Oh man. Uh, I wonder what Harry Potter is doing right now. Mine looked like like Baba Duke before they finished the special effect. Like it was just a wavy outline, but you couldn't actually see anything on that surface. But it was very Baba Dukey. I never saw the Baba Duke. Oh, it's really good. It is good. It's really it's like a genuinely good movie on top of being scary. Mm, ding ding. I mean, She's I thought right. It Follows was a genuinely good movie. Ooh, I love that movie, too. It's so good. They I came think out at the same Good. I think Bobby Duke's better. Mm, yeah. Personally. I don't like Malalem. <laughs> Sorry for speaking like that. Me, too. <laughs> we should not I'll do that I'll try not other. to have any vocal fry ever, which is difficult, oh. considering I just did it. You just did it. Yeah. I apologize. Please stop listening to 
this podcast. <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> just turn it on. I'll just sweeten it. I'm sure there's a setting somewhere to thank you. Unfry people. Uh, I'll I'm, try to speak like. Sorry, go. No, <laughs> please continue with whatever. No, that I don't was. want to. Right. <laughs> Do y'all know American Standard? It's a toilet. No, company. heating and air. No, it's American. God damn it. I'm an idiot. Uh, the American standard, like. Like what? What? Like the uh, accent. Oh, oh, you mean like the like old fashioned right? one? What? <laughs> no, okay. Not the old fashioned one. That was mid Atlantic. Okay. The one that died out. Or transatlantic. I can't remember which one. I think it's mid Atlantic. Yeah. The Cary Grant. Catherine but they're Pepper. very similar. Yeah. That one. Well, they're kind. It sounds like that one and British had a baby. Oh, okay. Welcome to Weird Brunch. I'm Karina Magyar. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Whitney Lamond. This. I already said the name. Yep. Fuck. We already know what it is. <laughs> Shit. Well, let's uh, let's get going. Yeah, Lisa, I just took a hit of weed. Let's go, baby. Drink um, that whiskey down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Lisa's finally ready. Whiskey is better with water. Um, You're just not good at drinking whiskey. I'm not. I never have been. <laughs> That's what my dad with, always uh, said. Ginger beer. Nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was watching this show on Hulu called Disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, and this one guy, uh, he disappeared near the Superstition Mountains, which got me interested in the Superstition Mountains. I love that they're called the Superstition Mountain Mountains. Mountains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they're on the so they're like anchored by the Superstition Mountain, the sketchy like plains. the main mountain, and then this is like a you google it it's really pretty where um, is it it's uh in apache junction just east of phoenix oh man i was really into it guess i'll it never go there Arizona. okay um <laughs> great well fuck my story then bye <laughs> no no the story is great i'm sure i just don't want to go to arizona again ever. um no who who mm-hmm. dreams of arizona um people with sleep paralysis I think you have to be over 60 to get in now. <laughs> or racist. Or racist. Um, Usually it's the same. So over 600 people have disappeared or died in the Superstition Mountain. Mm. Uh, trying to find the lost Dutchman's gold mine. Ooh, like a flying one? What? No, like what Just we used to call Dutchman. Germans. There's, yeah, uh, okay. Deutschmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this Douche dude, man. Jacob Waltz, uh, it's named after him because we used to call Germans Dutchmen and he, uh, supposedly discovered it in, uh, the 1800s and kept its location a secret. Mm. Bitch. Good job. Um, so people have been seeking the lost Dutchman's mind since at least 1892, while according to one estimate, eight thousand people annually made some effort to locate the dutch the lost dutchman's mine eight wow mm-hmm. so like half of america at the time <laughs> right um so there's three main elements to the overall story there's the lost apache gold uh, or dr thorne's story they coincide mm-hmm. uh the lost dutchman's story and the story of soldiers lost gold vein and all three of these kind of overlap each other. So I'm going to go through all three stories. 
Um, so the lost Apache gold, uh, the Apache tribe are said to have very rich, <clears throat> a very rich gold mine located in the Superstition Mountains. Famed Apache, the Geronimo, is Dang. sometimes mentioned in relation to this story. Wait, so the Apache had a gold mine? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was something. It's a story. They did. Okay. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't or didn't. I just didn't know. Yeah. Okay. I, that's interesting. I Now I want to Google that and go down that wormhole. I'm assuming it's something that like they didn't think to do until white people said, hey, you can dig right. shit out of the ground that we well, want. Well, yeah, but, except... Yeah. Um, Other than turquoise. I mean, people have been using gold since way before white people. I know. Yeah. So that's so why I'm like rethinking. Yeah. And right. it's because and the like, aliens who are watching mm, us and created Earth came yeah. down and said, hey, this Absolutely. is worth some shit. Get it for it. Okay. Yeah, you lost me. All right. Well, in most variants of the story, uh, the family of a man called Miguel Peralta discovered the mine and began mining the gold there, only to be attacked or massacred, depending on the story you hear, by Apaches in about 1850 in the supposed Peralta Massacre. Okay. Let's talk about the truth about the Peralta mine. Mm. Uh, Pedro de... Peralta had been the Spanish governor of New Mexico in the 1600s. His family name uh, is the inspiration for a lot of different legends in the American Southwest. So if you like look up Peralta and legend, you're going to find some stuff. All right. Uh, the Peralta massacre is a legend that Apache supposedly ambushed a mining expedition the Peralta family sent into the mountains. Um, we're always blaming people different than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially on that border. Mm-hmm. Some Apache carved stones in the area, uh, and they're referred to as the Peralta stones. Um, oh, never mind. It wasn't the Apache. It was uh, Spanish folks. Uh, the Spanish. Wait, this whole time it was Spanish people. No, 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 no. The carving of the stones. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Spanish texts and crude maps on them are considered by some to be clues to the location of a Peralta family gold mine in Superstition Mountains, although others believe the stones uh, to be modern fakes. And you can look up Peralta stones. Okay. Have they not had anybody just like carbon dated or I guess. Sorry, is that that's offensive. a question? <laughs> that's I'm a, sorry. That's really <laughs> fucked up that you would ask me you. that. I'm, I apologize. Um, I just feel like there's probably a really easy way to verify if they're fakes or not. Well, but stones are going to be the same age regardless. Stones are stones. All right. Well, I would guess that they could figure out yeah. how when the like the chunks of it were taken out. I don't know. I'm not a stoner, so okay. Theor- yeah, sh- I'm sure I'm there's something no like geologist. chip marks or yeah. something could like tell them. This could only be made with some type of special tool. From Home Depot. Yep. Um, <clears throat> a lack of historical... Ra- I mean, I'm just telling stories. I don't I'm have... Just, okay. no, we're, I was just we're asking listening. a question. It's a I story podcast. I opened this admitting that You're I... Doing- that none of this is necessarily true. You're doing a great job. As opposed to normally when I'm You're, like... We're not mad at you. This happened. Okay. Doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. I, thank you. Um, a no. lack of historical records leaves uncertainty as to whether a Peralta family uh, ever had possession of the land or mines in or near the Superstition Mountains. Um, a man named... Let's see... Oh, so Miguel Peralta and his family did operate a successful mine in the 1860s, but it was in Valencia, California. 
<laughs> so, all right. Okay. Uh, the Peralta mine uh, in Valencia eventually became unprofitable, and after the money was gone, Miguel Peralta turned to fraud. Ooh. I love fraud. Dr. George M. Willing Jr. paid Peralta $20,000, and this is in the 1800s, uh, for the mining rights for about 3 million acres in southern Arizona and New Mexico based on a deed originally granted by the Spanish Empire in the 18th century. Then Willing learned that the deed was entirely bogus. Uh, <laughs> despite his efforts, Willing was never able to recover the money he gave Peralta. Uh, this Peralta story was eventually incorporated in the Lost Dutchman story in a severely distorted version following the renewed interest in the Lost Dutchman's mind in the 1930s, which we will get to. Since James Rivas, uh, this was the guy that, um, he was part of the Peralta family. He's the one that sold Willing all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, convicted of fraud. Thank you when uh, the Peralta family genealogy and other documents to support the land grant were determined to be forgeries. Um, And Willing died before Rivas got prosecuted, which is sad. Um, But he also was saying he was a baron. He had, like, a baronry rights. That's... that's, Anybody can claim that. Nobody even knows what that means. We're all fucking barons. Um... Years later, a man called Dr. Thorne treats an ailing... Sorry, that's the coffee pot. Oh, I thought there was a fire. (laughs) Same diff. Years later, uh, a man called Dr. Thorne treats an ailing or wounded, depending on the story you hear, Mm -hmm. um, Apache, often alleged to be a chieftain, and is rewarded with a trip to the rich gold mine. He is blindfolded and taken there uh, by like a really roundabout way and he's allowed to take as much gold as he can carry and then he's escorted blindfolded um truth about dr thorne there was never any dr thorne in the employ of the army or the federal government in the 1860s so dr thorne was uh supposedly a doctor with the u.s army and he was not. Uh, the origin of the story can be traced to a doctor named Thorne who was in private practice in New Mexico in the 1860s. Thorne claimed that he was taken captive by Navajos in 1854 hmm. and that during his captivity he had discovered a rich gold vein. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you do when you're in captivity. Yep. You prospect. For sure. <laughs> Um, he then related his claims to three U.S. soldiers uh, around 1858. The three soldiers set out to find gold. No success. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then over the decades, it's just all kind of absorbed into the Lost Dutchman story. <clears throat> so this is Jacob Waltz and Jacob Wisner. A lot of people say that Jacob Wisner is not a real person, but it just kind of turned into two people. Um, and this, there's a hawk version and a dove version, depending on whether the Germans are said to behave violently or peacefully. I just mm. thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. In most versions of the tale, Jacob Waltz has uh, located a rich gold mine in Superstition Mountains. Uh, in many versions of the story, they rescue or help a member of the Peralta family. There we go with the crossover. And they're be re- being rewarded. Um, wiser, 
the fake guy, is attacked and wounded by Apache, but survive uh, at least long enough to tell a man called Dr. Walker about the mine. Oh, man, there's always a Dr. Walker. Uh, yes, I... I don't know about you, but I think Dr. Walker made this up. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Waltz is also said to make a deathbed confession to Julia Thomas and draws or describes a crude map to the gold mine. All this said, a bulldog gold mine near Goldfield, Arizona, fits the description uh, Jacob Waltz gave as the location of his lost mine. Right, so it was totally found and used and done yes yeah right. mm-hmm. okay um <clears throat> so the stories of the soldiers lost gold vein uh this is where the u.s army soldiers uh two or more are said to have discovered a vein of almost pure gold in or near the superstition mountains the soldiers are alleged to have presented some of the gold uh but have been killed but to just they were killed or vanished okay Let's get to the fun. Not fun. It's not fun. Um, what? The interesting It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. I'm having a blast. Um, so Adolf Ruth. Uh, wow. We're going to talk about him. That's a hell of a name. It is. Man. Uh, were it not for him, and he is an amateur explorer and treasure hunter, the story of the Lost Dutchman's Mine would probably. As opposed to a professional yes, explorer right? and treasure hunter. Me too. Hey, um Indiana Jones was very profesh. Okay. He was uh, also like doing his job (laughs) technically. I just got the most skeptical look. Okay, sorry. Indiana Jones is real. Thank you. Sure. Um, But yeah, like none of this would have been like this. The Lost Dutchman's Mine would not matter at all if this guy had not been a part of this okay um so according to the story in about 1912 erwin ruth adolf's son none of these names are harder to say than like yeah than guidi de bagno (laughs) Bagno. um so erwin gave some legal aid to uh, a man named last name gonzalez in gratitude gonzalez told erwin about the peralta mine in superstition mountains and gave him some antique maps of the site um gonzalez again was like i'm part of the peralta family everybody wants to be a peralta uh erwin <laughs> passed the information to his father adolf who had a long-standing interest in mines in june 1931 June in Arizona, mm. uh, Ruth set out to locate the lost Peralta mine. Oh, he died. Ruth stayed <laughs> several days at the ranch of Tex Barkley, guess where he's from, to outfit his expedition. Barkley repeatedly urged Ruth to abandon his search to the mine because, the uh, you know, you're going to die. Already been he's also 66 years old. Oh, my God. Uh so Ruth says, fuck off, and he goes and sets out for a two-week stint in the mountains. Ruth disappeared, what, while searching for the mine in the summer of 1931. His skull with two holes in it. Oh. <laughs> that's no accident. Identified as bullet holes. That's, whereas... I was going to say that's far fewer than the usual number of holes in a skull, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just imagined what that would look like, and it was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, His skull was recovered about six months after he vanished. Coroner's report 
that the holes were created by an Army-style 44 caliber revolver. The most common suggestion, of course, was that Ruth was killed by Frizz Maps by someone familiar with the legend, but officials suggested it was uh, more likely suicide. Mm. The story made national news, thus sparking widespread interest in the lost Dutchman's gold mine. Also, it's known as a hellmouth. Okay. You love those hellmouths. You love that hellmouth. I do. I do. Um, Passion for hellmouths. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a good bumper sticker. Ask me about my hellmouth. <laughs> Gross. It's a very... <laughs> Mm. That's way more Vaginal sexual thing. Than, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. It's good Tinder bio material. So yeah, <laughs> like six hundred, over six hundred people have died or uh, gone missing trying to find this treasure. And in 1931, the only reason it was even printed in newspapers was because they were trying to find anything that wasn't the Great Depression. <laughs> uh, they're like, "There's money out there. You just gotta find yeah. it. You just gotta go wander but also, through the desert and die." Maybe don't. Poor people. Oh, man. Literally and figuratively. I feel like that is kind of the story of Arizona in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, on Disappeared, the guy that went out and died, mm-hmm. or disappeared, uh, he was like, it was in like 2011 or 2010. Oh, like, man. people are still on this shit. Get a garment. I mean, how you know? long are they looking for? <laughs> um, that the dude on disappeared was gone for like a month. Uh huh. And then this one said that did Adolf, he just like fall down? Oh, I guess he's never been found. Um, right. He. Uh, I feel like he was found, but it was like it looked like he had. Yeah, he was found, and it looked like he had been like he fell and mm-hmm. was wedged in between two things or somebody killed him and put his body in there 27 hours or however long Mm. yes um (laughs) couldn't hack it and then adolf i guess was like i'm going out for two weeks but yeah people spend like a month or two out there Hmm. oh yeah that guy and disappeared spent a month out there i wouldn't you know day three you turn around you, mm-hmm. you yeah, want to shower? Like, Fucking day two, man. Yeah. All I want to do is lay on the couch and look at my phone mm. while some TV show plays in the background. Oh, heaven. It is. God, that is heaven. my favorite thing in Me the world. Me too. Yeah. It's all I, all I ever want to do is do I CJ wish... hates watching TV at night. And I'm like, why do you? What? What do you watch? He doesn't watch anything. You just stare at each other? He stares at his phone. I what need... does he think his phone is going to do? Be a TV? <laughs> yep. He's just watching YouTube. I like YouTube. YouTube is just TV that doesn't last long. Or sometimes sure. lasts for four hours if you try that, like, log. Yeah. Channel. Should we get on TikTok? No. I have been yeah. avoiding it. Do you have it? Is that why you're asking? No. It's, like, for kids, right? No. Not anymore. But they it's took that of, from them, too. It's got the fun parts that Snapchat has, right? Mm. Yeah, kind but it's of. like Vine. Yeah, and I miss yeah. Vine. I love Vine. I do, Vine. too. That's why I'm like, do I get on TikTok? And I had yeah. Snapchat, but then Instagram got Instagram stories, and it's the same fucking thing. Oh, yeah. That turned over so fast. Yeah, so no more Snapchat. Charlotte has no idea what any social media companies are, but she tells me about TikTok constantly. That's all I know. And she's in third grade. TikTok. That's why I thought it was for kids. It is, though. I mean, yeah. it's the kids. Isn't it like mod- moderated pretty heavily or something? Oh, I don't know. I would ho- I hope so. Or I might have to like start 
Then that's the opposite of Snapchat. Oh, boy. Now I have to be a parent. (laughs) Such a pain. Eh. Speaking of parents. Woo! All right. Buckle up. This one's fun. Oh, I'm excited. All right. So 52-year-old Bruce Hay is a professor at Harvard Law with an ex-wife who he still lives with. Okay. um, Because they kind of jointly own the house and they have like three or four kids together. Sure. So they're just kind of like... Not married anymore. They're allowed to see other people. But the agreement is if you really start seriously seeing somebody, then you leave the house. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But as long as you're not seriously seeing anybody, we can just all live together. Yeah. Anyway, he's at the hardware store uh, buying something. He runs into 31-year-old French girl named Maria Pia Schumann. Maria Pia. This is in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Boston? Yeah. So Maria Pia Schumann flirts (laughs) with him and gives him her email. So he's like, well, I mean, this is just whatever, you know, it's a fling or like, I don't have to like clear this with the old ball and chain. So he like emails her back and they go get coffee and they bond over a love of film because her dad, whose dad was a producer of like several famous movies in the 1950s. How very French. And like French things are both Francophiles. And then also her best friend has depression and Hay has like serious depression. He's medicated for it. So they talk about that. Um, And she tells him about her ex-wife in London who has this depression and it's a trans woman named Misha Hader. I love the name Misha. Yeah. So like her ex in London and her have two toddlers together. So they also are in kind of this co-parenting situation. Um, But of course Misha is in Europe and Maria Pia is just visiting right now and he's like wow this is a lot of coincidences but uh turns out you are a lesbian so i guess this is just platonic but also you're really interesting so like you know let's hang out some more um so he agrees to have dinner with her and they have two more dinners and they're really hitting it off and like kind of getting intense like Mm -hmm. liking each other at the end of the second dinner um she was said i'm going back to europe um to go be with my family tomorrow um but do you want to like come to my hotel room and they go there and they fuck. No. Okay. Yeah. So he drives. That usually doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. That was. So he was like, what is going on? I'm 52. I'm on depression medication that usually makes it impossible for me to like get it up. Um, but, but he like, did it. Yeah. He was like, this is, I don't know. I feel young again. This is exciting. He takes her to the airport. And then they text like every day while she's in Europe. He even like wants to like FaceTime. And like Skype and stuff, but she's like, no, let's just text. And he's like, okay, fine. And then over those text messages, she starts like kind of saying, you know, like, I love you. And he's like, mm-hmm. whoa, what? okay. And she said, it's really rare for her to fall in love with a man, but like he just has this energy and he's like this exception. And he's like, wow, I mean, that's intense and cool. And then she, a few weeks later, says, I'm coming back to Massachusetts. You want to meet up? And they meet at the same hotel and then they have sex again. And then, like, right after sex in the room, she has this big mood swing. Oh, no. Hell yeah. gets kind of angry that, Fuck like, yeah. their relationship is this big secret. And she's like, you know, if you're serious, you should probably, like, move out of your ex-wife's house so we can really be together. And How he long was, has it been? Sorry. This is their second so, fuck time, and right. it's been, like, a month. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's like, this is things are moving fringe. really yes. fast. So he's like, I, you know, I don't know. They talk again and she's like, really, I want to have a relationship with you. But he's like, I don't know if I can like make big changes like that very fast. So she's like, well, then I don't see any point in staying in touch. And he's <laughs> like, well, shit, I fucked that up. But OK, 
she's probably right. You know? Yeah, she probably, yeah. yeah. You know? Go with it. Yeah, okay. So six weeks later, she calls him and says, I'm pregnant. And the baby's yours. Woo! <laughs> and I mean, it has to be, you're the only man that I've slept with in yeah, like 10 years. years. Yeah, so he was like, oh, fuck. Because usually, like, he can't get it up. His depression medication is so strong. And even if he can, he can't, like, ejaculate. Um, but he was like, I mean, I don't, I'm so caught up, maybe, you know. Right. I don't know. She's not. You can so, have some swimmers. You never know. Pregnant. She said she initially says, "Well, I'm considering an abortion or whatever." But like a few days later, on the phone, she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have this baby. I really want to have this baby. It's due in January." Um, and by the way, I'm moving here um, because you know, remember my ex-wife? Well, she just got a position at Harvard to finish her PhD. We're raising our kids together. All of this is lies. So she bought an apartment um, because she's like independently wealthy from her like famous movie producer dad. So she has plenty of money. She's not hitting him up for money or anything. She's like, look, I'm going to buy an apartment here. Me and Misha are going to live here. We have our own two kids. We're just going to raise this baby together. You don't. Is Misha real? You don't have to do. You don't know. Misha and Mia. Um, So we'll we'll raise the baby. And he's upset. Bruce is upset because he's like, well. I, I actually would like to be involved a right. little bit in the baby's life. Like these he were met my with last her sperm <laughs> over the summer and tried to get more involved and like even tried to restart the relationship. But she was like, dude, as long as you live with your ex, uh, th- we can't really have a relationship. That's just my line. That's that my seems clear line. Reasonable. Yeah. For a crazy person. And she was like, but she also sent like a lot of texts saying, I love you. And then sometimes she would send kind of threatening emails. Like, sure. you know, if you keep, if you Kinda stay like with that. not quite that strong but like if you stay with your ex-wife like you can't be part of this baby's life which he considered like kind of threatening so he's getting irritated and he just wants to meet misha he's like look if you two are raising this baby together that's half mine or whatever i yeah. want to meet this person yeah um and she's like no you can't be involved in my life like that and then finally two months before the due date in november she's finally like okay fine you can meet Misha. That makes sense, I guess. So she's uh, doing her PhD at Harvard, but apparently she's like over it. And she agrees to meet him because she wants to focus more on writing and helping with like trans issues and advocacy. And she thought maybe Bruce could help. And so they meet and they like instantly bond. Like, this is Misha. This is Misha oh. and Bruce, and like they okay. both have depression, and he's really like her cause, like sure. really moves him, and he's like, I can help. I'm a published academic. Like I can help you find publishing contacts. I've written like pop articles for HuffPo, so mm-hmm. I can, you know, like pop sci articles, so I can get you there, whatever. So they like over the next few weeks develop their own kind of like close relationship where they're texting and like Misha's even saying like, I love you and stuff to sign off but more like in like a family-ish way sure they're not like hitting it off sexually but more like this is wow we all kindred spirits yeah we all really the three of us really get along this is awesome and they kind of like think of themselves as a family like Maria Pia and Misha and Bruce and then these other two children that they have together he's met them and they're cool and then here's <laughs> y'all are cool and here's this baby on the way. Where's Bruce's wife and all this? Well, that's the thing. So she doesn't know any of this. So oh Bruce is like, you guys, on, Bruce, you guys, like we all got along. Like you guys should meet my ex. Her name's Jennifer. Like maybe we can make this a big extended family thing where we all help each other. So he did leave her. He no, he's still living with her. 
He, but, but they're he said divorced. My ex. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My ex wife. They're divorced, but, divorced, they're but they were co-parenting, living it. together. Yeah. They're sharing the house, so they didn't split the house. They just live in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a three point two million dollar mansion in Cambridge. I'd live in that. So. And this is Bruce. Bruce okay. is sharing with us. So they didn't split it at the divorce. They kept their 50-50 stake, and they both live in it. And the agreement is, if either one of us yeah, yeah, yeah. starts a relationship, love, move out. The other one gets the house. So he's kind of stuck with the house and the wife, but he's like, you know, you guys could get along with Jennifer the way I got along with Misha. Like, let's make this try to work. And he's like really helping Misha out. He gets her articles out there and she does get to write for HuffPo. And then like Maria Pia is too pregnant to travel at this point. So he flies with Misha to Phoenix to meet with a surgeon to do her gender confirmation surgery and stuff. He's like really in their lives, right? So anyway, in January, but they're like, we don't want to meet Jennifer. Like, no. She can't be a part of this. It's only you. Hmm. So in January, Misha calls Bruce and says, hey, your son was born. Your baby boy is a boy. And he wanted to be there, but like she didn't want the baby to form an attachment unless Bruce became fully committed and left his ex-wife. So the boy on the birth certificate had Misha's last name. And they were like, this is formally you're out of the picture legally. And he was like, sucks but i mean i respect your you've been clear on this boundary for since the beginning Mm -hmm. but i'm kind of mad sure so he had a vacation schedule to go to paris with his ex-wife that was later in january it's kind of right after the birth and he still hadn't met the baby and he goes on it and they start texting him constantly or making him feel guilty for having fun with his other family while like they're raising this baby. Brand new baby. And Misha says that the postpartum care forced her to delay the surgery, which made her depression worse. And she threatened suicide. And Bruce is like talking her down from it. And like, Jesus. he's constantly on the phone, like helping these women. Jennifer gets kind of like suspicious. Like, who the fuck? I thought these were students or something of yours. Mm-hmm. Who are these women? And he finally confesses everything. He's like, I'm sorry. I slept with this woman, Maria Pia, and she had a baby and it's mine. And he's like, oh, here it comes, right? Like, she's going to be so mad at me for the betrayal and for cheating. Mm-hmm. She's just like, that's ridiculous. You haven't come in years, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's Hell yeah. stupid. Your motility was fucking shot. That's not his baby. Yeah, she said, there's no proof that baby is no yours. Way. So she's like, you should go get a paternity test. But he's like, I can't, I can't ask them. That's offensive. Like, I'm not going to ask these people who I love and who I'm helping in my life that I'm not going to accuse them of being a liar. And also, like, it just looks bad. Like, I'm just, I'm I'm not going to push the paternity test. Okay. Jennifer's like, whatever. So he gets back from Paris. They finally say, okay, you can come meet the baby. Just you. And they bring the baby. uh, And while he's, like, meeting the baby for the first time, Maria Pia says, by the way, I didn't want to tell you this, but, like, late in my... um, pregnancy i got diagnosed with cancer all of this is bullshit and this, yeah this and bruce is was like fucking insane oh, shit and he's like do you need money do you need anything she's like no i have my i'm fine i don't need anything i just couldn't keep it from you anymore uh-huh. so he goes home and he tells his wife this because she sees how depressed he's like oh this is really hard i mean i can't believe i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know if we're gonna get the baby like i don't know what's gonna happen now she's getting this really aggressive treatment and jennifer's like yeah what kind of cancer and he's, he's like, like, look, it's just like a bad one. It's kind of all over. She's getting <laughs> aggressive treatment. And she's like, seriously, what kind of cancer? That doesn't sound like cancer to mm-hmm. me. And he gets really defensive. He's like, why? Jennifer rules. <laughs> yeah, why are you I questioning like my new lot. family? And she's like, whatever. So he Bruce still hasn't seen this baby. 
He's, he met the baby now. Oh, okay. Sorry. So Bruce is still helping Misha with her writing career um, and like meeting every day with her and they're really friendly in person, but over texts, they're being like openly hostile to him. They're like, you've got to leave Jennifer. This is like a toxic relationship. She questions your motives. She questions your judgment. Um, you, you're like holding on to the past with this woman and she's like distrustful of us and we're your new family. All this stuff, right? And then Maria P even drops like this threat to like, you know, I mean, if you can't commit to this family, I might have to just tell the university that this child was the product of a rape. What? Oh my God. And that, you know, you tried to extort us for a million dollars. But also you can DNA shit. And that you're trying that to destroy baby. my family. Whoa. With Misha. Like play ball, right? And then he's like, uh, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? So he goes to Harvard and he's like, this look, bitch is uh, heads up. I th- did anybody like complain about me like in an unusual way? And it turns out Misha had already lodged an anonymous complaint with Harvard mm. that Misha had been in an extremely abusive situation with a faculty member and it's taken a tremendous toll on her. What? Misha had. Yeah. Not. So they start calling his house. Okay. And if Jennifer picks up, they yell at her. They like just start berating her and tell her to put Bruce on the phone and to let the him go. The two women. Yeah, the two women. So Jennifer's like, mm, fuck, blocked and blocks their number. So they leave messages on his cell, unblock the number, or we're coming over. Come over. And yeah. they did. They showed up. Okay. So Bruce's oldest son is a teenager, films this whole encounter where they're screaming at Jennifer and Bruce is just kind of standing by like helpless, like, look. And he's just Come telling his on. ex-wife this whole time, like, they're not well. They're not well. She has depression. I think she has like borderline personality. They're not. They're mm-hmm. sick. Something's they happening. Help. Something's wrong, but they're sick. Please just. How progressive. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, something's wrong. I, I, I would love be like, these women. Call the cops. And they're Crazy fucked up. Women. Well, they do. So they call, like, yeah. uh, the oldest son calls the cops. Cops come. No charges are filed. Everybody just kind of splits. Yeah. Because he thinks that they're unwell. Yeah. And he's like, I, I just need to help these women. Yeah. Because they have my baby. And, that too. And also, like, they aren't always like this and something's wrong. They just want money. So they I come like back again right con. before Christmas, knocking on the door, screaming. And so they call the cops again. And this time, when the cops show up, Maria Pia files an official complaint that Bruce raped her. <gasps> And Misha emails him, you should tell the dean that you've raped women and sexually abused them and you will be held accountable. And Bruce keeps meeting with them. He keeps trying to calm them down and like, can we find a peaceful path forward? I'm not trying to hurt you. Nothing bad has happened yet, but we've got to like chill the hell out. Yeah. And they did. Suddenly, like after Christmas, they chill out. They're like, you know what? I'm sorry. We're just stressed the cancer and everything it seems like it's in remission but like it's been a really stressful time and we didn't trust you and we're sorry we're buying a bigger house in town for our family because we can't just do it in this apartment can you pay for it we need to find a place to store our stuff during the moving weekend no. and he's like i'll help you and he helped them. oh my god that's so much worse than i thought <laughs> he helps them house hunt and he helps them find a storage facility and while he's doing that, they're like, hey, do you want to come to Paris with us? Like family vacation? He's like, seriously? And they're like, yeah, I know. We've always been like, you have to move out, Jen. But like, you know, we're chilling out. You should come to Paris with us. He's like, totally. This is much better. And and then they were like, you know what? We put you through a lot. And they cut him a check for three grand to cover like his time and helping him with stuff. And he takes the check. And Doesn't he's like, sound like I mean, enough. I don't need it, but like, thanks. 
Oh, I thought they were moving their stuff into his house. I thought so, too. So they give him $3,000 for helping find a storage facility in a house. And Maria Pia says, I've got another surprise for you, but like it's a secret. And I just need your computer password. Uh-uh. No. So he gives them the computer password. No. What? And then all of a sudden, the plans change from Paris to a weekend in Quebec. And Jennifer is invited. Ooh, oh no. And Bruce is they're like... They're not going to try and kill Jennifer, right? And Bruce is like, seriously? And they're like, we are serious about trying to make this extended family thing work. Bring Jennifer along. We'll all go on vacation in Quebec together. It's just easier. Paris, the logistics. Ugh. And they're like, okay. And they go and everything's kind of going smoothly. And even Jennifer's like, they're better. I'm they're, surprised right. Jennifer went. She, she was like going to keep an eye on Bruce. Right. But mm-hmm. also she was like, you're right. I mental health issues. And I guess they're on meds or something, right? And he said, yeah, they're taking medication. Oh, Jennifer. You really she's got a there. back there. She's smart, but she's got a good heart. Yeah. While they're there, Maria Pia says, hey, by the way, like, my phone isn't, I don't have an international plan. Can you book the moving truck and the storage facility and everything? And Bruce is like, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you gave me the three grand. I'll go ahead and book it on my card. I'll just Credit use that money. Card information. And uh, then she emails him some paperwork that she got from the storage facility. She says some insurance forms, but you have to sign it because it was on your credit card. And he's like, fine. He signs it. No. And then the next day. God. Bruce. The next day, Maria Pia vanishes. Of course. And he's like, I thought she just had an appointment. And Misha was like, yeah, she has an appointment. It's like, why did she take my laptop? And Misha's like, don't worry about it. She'll be back. Yeah, she has an appointment in another country. Then the next day, he gets a call from his neighbors. And they're (gasps) like, hey, Bruce, are you moving? No. And he's like, no. And they're like, there's all these moving trucks out in front of your house. (gasps) And he's like, what? And Jennifer freaks out. And she calls him. And she's like... There's fucking moving trucks in front of our house. I'm going back. And like she goes back and Bruce races back with him. And he's like, they just told me they were using the house as a staging area where they were going to swap the stuff around to get it to the storage oh, they place. They were using his there house you go. in between the storage. Got it. When they get back to Cambridge, their house is completely <gasps> empty. No. All their furniture, all their stuff, all their heirlooms, everything. And Maria Pia had fucking moved in. 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 Oh, that's bold. She that's wasn't there insane. because she was overseeing a $10,000 move into his house, all of which was charged to Bruce. So what did Bruce do? Calls the he, cops. he calls the cops and he's Ugh. like, holy shit. And they come and the cops knock on the door and they're like, you need to get out of this house. And Maria Pia's like, what? And shows them a lease that Bruce had signed. No. The paperwork he had signed was a lease allowing them to rent a furnished home for two years at $1,500 a month. And then she pulled out a stub for a $3,000 check that was the first month's rent and deposit. And the cops are like, I knew that check was I'm sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You've rented the house. Cool. And now they live in his $3.2 million house. $1,500 a month? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. $3.2 million house. Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, so they're in. They're moved in. The cops are like, right. well, that's legal paperwork. You rented your house to them. And put down first and last month's rent. <laughs> and as the cops are like, okay, yeah, I mean, I, the owner's very upset, but like this is, we obviously can't arrest you for legally renting their house. Uh-huh. And Maria P is like, while you're here, uh, I think they're upset because I threw them out for unwanted sexual advances. Oh, no. And the no. cops are like, oh. And then they go to Bruce. <sighs> right. Okay. Jennifer immediately hires a lawyer. Yes, thank you, Jennifer. Sues them for Voice trespass. Of God, still. Jennifer's back, baby. Sues them for trespassing and immediately like tells Bruce, like, you are signing your half of the home over to me. 
Yeah, right now. Right now. And, and we're does. selling it. He does, but he's still trying to make everything okay. He's like texting with Misha and Maria Pia like, this is what, it, please, please stop. Just please stop yeah, doing stop this. Like, I, I'll do whatever you want. I'll be whoever you want in your life, but you stole my home. He has kids. Yeah, right? four, four kids? Four kids, okay. and they're young. Some of them are young, and Ugh. they're like living in a hotel, right? Oh my God. And Misha's texting Fucks. things like, I know this is really difficult, but we do love you. And we're just trying to help you psycho. see that we're your new psycho, family. Psycho, psycho, psycho. And Maria P is texting things like, you took all my love for you and trashed it, you motherfucking whore. Oh. So he's getting like good cop, bad cops. Uh-huh. The so two months and a court judgment later, they finally forced the women out of the house. Yay. Family two heirlooms. Months? Two months. It took them two months to evict them. Um, family heirlooms are missing. A multi-generational engagement ring never showed up again. Oh. The younger kids are fully traumatized, asking their parents, are those ladies going to come back and take our house away yeah. again? Like, totally fucked up their house. It's fucked up their life. Fucked up everything. That was phase one. No. no. Oh, my God. Fuck off. So... Immediately I'm going to eat after- a chip. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Okay, so... In- I have to eat a chip. I'm so upset. In early 2018, they filed restraining orders against Bruce. Okay. Sue him for defrauding them into signing a lease on a house that he didn't own. What? And because his signed- wife... Yeah, he signed his okay. thing away. Now it's like outstanding. And then he's sitting at a restaurant... Is and he's, Jennifer in on this? He's sitting at a restaurant Ocean's and his car 11. is parked on like kind of the edge by the... Um, by the road and a rented zip car just comes flying in and rams it as hard as it can into traffic it's them driving it what they rented a zip car and just rammed into his car and then the police come and they say it was the other way around he ran into us and then they file a formal title nine sexual harassment complaint with harvard and he loses his job instantly oh Man. Two days after the car thing, Bruce finally lawyers up. What the he fuck? Hasn't yet? What the fuck is why? Why is all this happening? Oh, there's such a good twist. I am fucking furious. Okay. So by just sheer coincidence, he picked this lawyer who was like, wait, who? And he's like, Maria Pia and Misha. And he's like, I've got another client. No. There's a grad student. The student is suing them for a paternity test. <gasps> On a baby boy. Yes. Born January of 2016. Oh my God. That they claimed was the grad students. Yes, it's the same kid. Oh shit. Yes. The grad student was married. He had cheated on his wife with Maria Pia, but he wore a condom and also claimed he didn't ejaculate. So when she said she might be pregnant, he was like, paternity test, bitch. And she refused, but then she stopped contacting him. Yeah. And he followed up, like trying to force her to take a paternity test. And when she wouldn't like do it, the grad student also hired, in addition to this lawyer, a PI mm-hmm. to find out more about Maria Pia. And it turns out in 2009, she'd picked up a Harvard med student and done the same paternity thing with him <gasps> after a single sexual encounter with a condom. She claimed that he raped her and tried to kill her. Oh, And man. that she was a lesbian with a partner named Jacqueline Les Carre, who was harassing this kid and trying to extort him via text. The PI couldn't find any evidence of a Les Carre. Like it was just disinvented. Okay, partner. so okay, same well, person. Then okay. he found out they picked up another med student in 2015. This time, both of them together, Maria P and Misha. This was during the time when they told Bruce that they were in Europe. They were picking up other med students, luring him to the same hotel room, tried to get him to have sex with Maria Pia. He refused, but she called him two months later and invited him to the hotel room again. 
She answered the door naked. She pushed him onto the couch, fucked him, and then she claimed the baby was his. So she fucked as many men as she could in this uh, great period and told all of them that they were the dad. Uh, that dude also I was lawyered, like, is she having kid. all these babies? So all the one baby, that she's got like all four mm-hmm. of these, right? So that dude lawyers up and he does get a paternity test through and the baby's not his, so he's suing them for emotional distress and that case is still pending. Mm-hmm. Good. So meanwhile, while well, because of title, how Title IX works, Brand, Bruce's mandatory leave, barred from teaching, all that stuff, he heard his case by reaching out to journalists and telling this story. Really? Yeah, which he didn't know. He's an idiot. He's he a clearly, idiot. he's a Harvard professor yep. moron. Both sides are suing each other. He finally asked for a paternity test, but they refused. He hasn't seen the baby since 2017. He still fully believes it's his. It's not. Bruce. The class he used to teach at Harvard? Mm-hmm. Judgment and decision making. No. no. I can't make this shit up. Bruce. I'm serious. Okay, so in May of 2018, right during the whole car crash, like ultimate revenge part, Bruce got a series of texts from an anonymous number mm-hmm. that said, find a way to fix this if you want a chance to take the last exit before hell. Take my word, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, and as to your quest for motives, don't bother. I just really hate the patriarchy. That's it. Oh! Oh my God. So two weeks ago, they did a follow-up story and a friend of Maria Pia's contacted the initial reporter on this story and was like, I I have to remain anonymous because this bitch crazy. Clearly. But we were friends as kids. She grew up in London. She's not French at all. I fucking knew it. She spent time in France, but she has a British accent. Her last name is... Her last name is French. Yeah, but her mom's name is Maria Pia. She has a different name that they're not releasing to the press for legal reasons or whatever. Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that they were really close, uh, but until she met Misha, and then she like basically ghosted all of her friends. Like they got this really intense. Maria Pia and Misha got this really intense friendship where like they talk to each other constantly. They moved to Massachusetts together, and like just never heard from them again. Here's the thing. That friend was like, ex-wife? Lesbian? No, she had like nothing but boyfriends. She's mm-hmm. straight mm-hmm. as day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's she's ever been married to any woman in Europe or whatever. And it was only when she met Misha that she became obsessed with men. She changed when they became friends. I know it's the last couple of years there was a serious preoccupation with men. I don't know why. She had nice boyfriends, long-term relationships, and now suddenly she was single and out there and trying to meet up with lots of guys with this use them and abuse them feel to it. She was never like that before. Uh, they got Misha really obsessed. Pimp. Yeah. And then, like, she said, I love corrupting these waspy Boston guys. And, like, she just got off on the control and the power to use people and toss them aside and ruin their lives. She liked the idea of what? corrupting what looked like innocent, nice people. Uh, they're not arrested. What? No, there's so, all the charges are like civil and like paternity tests. Nothing's been proven that they've done anything wrong. And the lease, they still had a legal lease. Right. So even so that wasn't criminal trespass. Is, do you think she is actually just going after males? Because this hurts the women as well. Yeah. I don't know because she was so aggressive to Jennifer. Right. But here's the thing that, like, I'm kind of, like, I love the, I just hate the patriarchy this I much. I do, too. Like, part of it kind of feels superior, but like, then I remember she legit up. has had three children. 
during the she yeah. has three kids yeah there are three real children why is she keeping i mean i guess if she's because trying to extort she, them but she's not extorting them she's just fucking with yeah. them. yeah real heartless like she has never gotten money from anybody she's never asked for money from anybody Other than that's why there's no criminal charges yeah i mean i mean allegedly stuff went missing yeah right it's all just psychological fucking with people's wow. heads. Wow. Yeah. Also, Mia Paria or wait, say Maria her, Pia. Maria Pia and yeah. Misha sounds like a movie. I know this yeah. has to become a movie. Yeah, this yeah. is so crazy. This is that's okay. I, I think you should not ever just fuck with somebody just to fuck with them, even if they're rich, even if they're male. Right. Uh, like be nice to people, but. On the other hand, <laughs> there she is. That text was I badass. Mean, if you're looking for a motive, fucking you won't find one. Crazy. I just hate the patriarchy. Yes. That's it. What a, I mean, rebel, anarchist, just That's insane c- woman. I also want to know the history of Misha, mm-hmm. who I guess nobody knows anything Do about. Do you have pictures of them? I keep yeah. like... There's gotta be. I keep like not breathing because I think like, have I met them? No, I mean, uh, sorry. I love the headline of this, the most gullible man in Cambridge, because uh, he is. Um, yeah, there's Misha and there's Maria Pia. They're like in their thirties, whatever. Wait, nice is Misha lady. the one on the right. left? No, Maria. Yeah, Misha's on the left. Maria Pia's on the right. Okay. Yep. They're, they just look like regular women. Just regular dude, like ladies. And um, who? I mean, they have to be some kind of psychopathic. There's some kind of yeah. serious, legit crazy going on. Yeah. But this is like well orchestrated and planned. That whole move maneuver. Yeah. That that's brilliant. Yeah. I, brilliant. Yeah. They're yeah. insanely brilliant. Yeah. Ugh. This guy does, like, when you Google search Bruce Hay, the first article that comes up is, like, is Bruce Hay the most gullible guy in Cambridge? Yeah, that's, that's where I got all this. But, like, if you look at pictures of him, he does look like the most gullible mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, skinny and kind of dopey looking, but, like, in a sweet way. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is this entire story was told by him to as any journalist who would listen. This is his side of the story. There is a universe in which their side of the story has validity. Right. Now, the whole stealing the house thing is kind of fucked up and insane. And Majorly. really takes... But also, maybe he was an aggressor or maybe but then like sure okay here's the other thing that came out that's where i was thinking and then it turns out in this follow-up article they found six more guys from 2015 same pattern she used the same name every time for herself mm -hmm. that's literally nine people she fucked nine men and told them all that they were the father of this child oh my god yeah in one summer do you think any of them are the actual father, or she's been like one of self-inseminating? Them has to be. One of well, uh, that's true. I don't know, but like I would assume one of them is, and then she was just playing the numbers until she got pregnant, right? But like, think about the planning to be like, okay, I'm gonna just keep fucking as many guys as I can for these three months, and then it, hopefully one of them will get me pregnant. Also, and then I'm gonna ew, tell all you have of them to that, fuck a whole bunch of dudes, and for that's no gross. reason other than to just destroy them. 
Yeah. I mean, there's that. I wish she was going yeah. after. Well, maybe she is. Maybe she is going after people who she has some type of reason to be like these people. Are They're fucked. all Harvard elites. Yeah. They're all like white guys. Right. It's like it's definitely like a fuck the patriarchy. Wow. Um, what a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. I'm yeah. still mad at a lot of the yeah. things they did, but I'm like. Well, it's an impressive I'm, story. Yeah, mad. I and just, I have a lot of feelings, and I don't. They conflict with each other. Yeah, like I wish there was more of a motive than like. I fuck like the, the lack of motive. Some know, women but, like, just want to watch the just world wanted burn. Money. If she wants to like kill nice people's lives, <laughs> like that's a little much. It's intense. It's really intense. They're still living in the house or they're out? No, they got kicked out of the house okay, after they did two get months. Out of the house. I don't remember the exact legal judgment. It wasn't like it wasn't a criminal thing because they had the legal right. paperwork, but they only the lease was for two months mm-hmm. and then I think they refused to take any more money, so they couldn't so. pay rent. So I think that's why it was the two month thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't you know, I don't know if the house was even the object. Yeah. You know? No, it probably wasn't. No. Just to fuck with them. Mm -hmm. Shit, dude. Well, I'm going to tell my story that is a roller coaster, literally. (laughs) Um, Sorry. But it is. It's uh, about a wonderful, wonderful place. Lisa and I went to Six Flags over the weekend and... um, this made me look up stuff because I was curious what the world's worst theme park, a.k.a. in kind of like deaths and that type of fun thing was. And I found it. It is a theme park that is own, was owned by a man named Eugene Mulvihill. Oh, yeah. Trust that name. Yeah. yeah Mole man. Yes. And uh, his company was called Great American Recreation G-A-R, and I'm going to probably end up calling it GAR. Um, So he created this park, or he actually created two parks in 1976. Um, He created, or he combined a place called Vernon Valley and Great Gorge, and they were ski places, ski resorts um, up in New Jersey, uh they decided to combine the two and call it Action Park. Dun, 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 dun. Yay. And so at the time a lot of ski resorts in the off season were starting to build attractions so that they could get that summer mm-hmm. crowd as well on top of uh, people who come to ski in the winter. Yep. Every ski resort in Colorado built an alpine slide that summer. Yeah. Sorry there's an alpine that. slide. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so Eugene starts to build on this thing and he's kind of a kooky dude <laughs> in that he's like, you got, you got an idea for a slide? Lisa, tell me it. Oh, uh, it's completely enclosed and filled with water and you go on a full-on loop great we're building it uh so he just starts building um are you imagining everyone getting stuck yeah yeah 
because that's a thing. Hmm. So it he builds and builds on this thing, and it ends up being a major destination in New Jersey um, with 75 rides, 35 that are motorized, self-controlled rides, and 40 water slides. So mostly it's they have a big water park, and then they have the land side. Um, it's in its heyday in the mid 80s. And then in 1982, two guests died in the park within a week of each other. Um, Were they on the surf tide side or the, the surf tide side? Uh, water side. But um, the surf side. So when this happened, because there were so many people coming to the park, it was like almost 12,000 every weekend. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, Especially being that close to New York. A lot of people, especially on the lower income side, who weren't able to go to the water and go swimming in like uh, fresh water. Uh, were attracted to it. It was cheaper than the Six Flags that was closest Mm -hmm. by, speaking of Six Flags. So people were going to Action Park. And uh, also a lot of people who are from New York or people who just aren't familiar or can't swim were going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then shit started to happen. (laughs) Uh, Bad shit. Uh, So... I want to talk about some of the rides because they're fun. So speaking of an alpine slide, Action Park created a 2,700 foot, 820 meter long for our international listeners. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sure. Created a 2,700 foot long alpine slide that descended the mountain beneath one of the ski area's chairlifts. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's already cleared out. Yep. Um, you could take the chairlift to the, st- the top of the slide, and then you would be given this tiny little sled that had a brake or an accelerator. Oh, my so God. So it was basically all brake or all hundred balls to the wall, mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. And the thing about them is that really none of them were ever in full on working order. So you were either going like a million miles an hour down this. It was made of um, concrete, concrete, fiberglass and asbestos. Yeah. So all these people are going down this and either, like I said, you're either going full blast or you're like, basically crawling dead mm-hmm. stopped so if you're going full blast oh. you can run into something with your head and die or if you're going super fucking slow and you get halfway down they've already let the person behind you who is going full blast go also and they just <laughs> fucking slam into you so people are getting injured constantly not funny, a main one of the main Injuries was just people kind of getting road rash because, might I remind you, it's also part of a water park, so most people had on just bathing suits and oh they were <laughs> just shoot. crashing into oh my shit. God. Um, it was terrible. Also, 
because it went under the chairlift that you rode to get there, people in the chairlifts would fuck with the people on the slide. <laughs> and so they would like scream at them and spit on them and like throw shit at them as they're going down. <laughs> I feel like this is a good time to say also that this park was known very well for just serving a lot of booze so <laughs> they also didn't really uh enforce any type of like laws minor age to drink yeah or okay. any laws so everyone's fucking drunk all the time at the park you have to be get on yes. these rides so the first death happens on the alpine slide <laughs> um it happened to be an employee who was just going down it i don't know all the employees were children who were also drunk because they would just take and steal all the beer all the time <laughs> so this kid decides to go down the alpine thing he ends up going over the edge of the slide Thing, lip, whatever yeah. whatever it is he pops over and keeps going and uh rolls off of this kind of ravine and hits his head and dies oh my god sorry very unfortunate mm -hmm. um doctors around this park <laughs> area i imagine them like all just standing hand in hand yeah well just pretty much um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the okay please for the love of god just stop going it's true so the slide <laughs> was responsible for the bulk of injuries accidents and lawsuits and safety violations in the beginning and according to state records in 1984 and 1985 the alpine slide produced 14 fa fractures and 26 injuries on top of that death, um, <laughs> you know. Which is a bit of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is there? That tell Yeah. Talk about that water slide. With the you want to hear about the water slide? There are some other. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. I've this researched one. this before because it kills me. It's I so love funny. the water slides. Yeah. I love the. Okay. So they had some land cars kind of i don't land know why cars. land cars they That's just a car the article some of the stuff i read separated it into land and water okay anyways so they had super go-karts and that allowed guests to drive around a small loop you know what a go-kart is and it was regulated to about 20 miles an hour um they were controlled by governor devices in the carts but all the little drunk employees knew how to get around that by wedging tennis balls into the governors. So if you paid the employees a little bit extra, uh, you could get your bumper cars to go over 50 miles an hour. And people were getting injured from head-on collisions going 50 miles an hour at each other. Oh my and just, bumper cars? Yes, in bumper cars. Um, there were also thing called, things called Lola cars or L-O-L-A. They were like fancy go-karts. So they were the open cockpit type race car. 
they would charge you extra money to do it. Employees would also regulate the governors mm-hmm. and make them a lot easier to use uh, <laughs> and go real fast. So a lot of the former employees of the park said that the management set up a microbrewery very close to that part of the park Jesus and Christ. the employees would break into the brewery, steal the beer and take these Lola cars and just drive them around on Route 94, which was <laughs> right there. I love they had these this sounds fucking cool and I wish that we had something like this somewhere. So they had these little battle action tanks. Oh my okay. god. So for an additional fee, <laughs> guests could go into this area and operate tiny tanks that were equipped with tennis ball cannons mm-hmm. and you could, and you could put shoot at each other. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you got hit, your tank would stop operating for 15 seconds. And obviously when that happens, everyone else on the thing just pelts you with tennis balls. But the best part is that along the fence lining, they also set up places where you could go like put a quarter in to buy a tennis ball and shoot at the people in the field. So there was constant shit going on. And every once in a while, the tank would crash or get stuck, and a poor employee would have to come and unlodge it, and that person just got the shit (laughs) kicked out of them. I'm picturing... I'm sorry, I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing the same little nine-year-old boy Mm -hmm. having a day at the park. Yep, he's drunk. Going down the alpine slide as slowly as he can, getting (laughs) rear-ended, and then getting 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 stuck. And then trying the belt. Yep. And getting frozen. Yep. So your little nine-year-old boy's next adventure (laughs) would be the super speedboats. Oh, no. Which were in a very small pond that was heavily infested with snakes. You could um, drive your super speedboat around the snake pond at a, about 40 miles an hour. Um, 40 miles yeah, an hour? Yeah, 35 to 45, 40 miles an hour. Oh, I'm um, weeping. A lot of times people would get on these speedboats and use them as bumper boats. And lifeguards were regularly rescuing drunk people from the, the snake infested water now the nine-year-old boy has a snake attached to his butt yep oh. okay so the next great ride the cannonball loop so this thing looks like it's just like one loop like a slide and then a loop and then it shoots you out but this is the one where i was like or our friend who owns the place is like, you know what? Let's fucking build it. Let's try. So they decided to build the cannonball loop, which is a complete vertical loop at the end of a slide, similar to a roller coaster. Um, it's fully enclosed and definitely made for someone like they 
it, it's tiny. <laughs> I would not want to go down it, even if it was just a regular slide <laughs> without a loop. So after he built it, um, what's his name? Melville? What is it? Anyways, uh, the owner is like, hey, little nine-year-old drunk employee, uh, I'll pay you $100 to go down this slide and what test it out. We need to test it out. And every employee was like, fuck you. No, I am not going down this slide for a hundred dollars. So they sent, (laughs) they sent a couple dummies down it. And both of the dummies came out with like their heads decapitated. (laughs) And it was just a real bad test. (laughs) And old owner, he was like, you know what? It'll be fine. So they open it, and uh, people, nobody dies on this one, but people keep, like, breaking their noses, and somebody got stuck in the top of the loop, and they had to, like, go in and cut him out. It was just a, a, you know, it was, it was, he tried. It's not his fault (laughs) that he's an innovator. Um. The place where the most deaths occurred was the tidal wave pool. So this was one of the first wave pools ever in America. It was uh, 100 feet wide and 250 feet long and could hold from 500 to 1,000 people. And Mm. I mean, a thousand people seems like a whole lot for a pool that big. So it was super deep. And oh no, this is where the uh, people who aren't super familiar with swimming mm-hmm. comes in because the waves would come and they'd be having a good time, and all of a sudden they're in a wave, and then they realize that when the wave comes down, they're not touching the ground anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> lifeguards, on average, every day there were twelve lifeguards for this one. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> They would rescue as many as 30 people a day. A day? A day day because of this wave pool. Like, the, and a real, a lifeguard, I was a lifeguard. Yeah, you never rescue people. Three in a career. Yes. It's like I worked somewhere dangerous. Like, if you, like, work at the breakers in Australia where there's great white sharks, maybe three in a career. 30 a day? 30 a day. Day. Oh my god! Um, needless to say, a few people drowned in that lovely um, twelve lifeguard wave pool. What happens when thirteen people start drowning and you've only got twelve lifeguards? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> the kayak experience was uh, this ride um, where you got in a kayak and there was imitation white water under you that was mm-hmm. made by these electric fans and this guy fucking fell out of his boat uh, and the electric yeah. fans were like the wiring was exposed and he was Fuck electrocuted you know. to Seriously? death oh my god yep really yep that's basic shit junior you don't put electric wires under the water yeah so oh god oh, man. he died yeah. um 
there are so many rides where terrible shit happened. I'm trying to they find... they have like a Tarzan rope swing? Yes, that's the one that I'm looking at. That was just a free-all Tarzan rope swing, mm-hmm. and if you didn't do it right, into the cliff with you. Yeah. Yeah. A guy died on the Tarzan yeah. rope swing from having a heart attack. So he didn't... From a heart attack? From a heart attack. He didn't like slam into anything. Well, I mean, well imagine, he probably thought he was going to die. Well, he so. probably was on six of the other rides that day and was already like, you know, on the edge. Yeah. Today's the day. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh my God. So one of my favorite parts about um, G.A.R. Gar, the people who owned this, uh, was that back then you didn't need to have like any type of liability insurance. So this whole time, like up until 85, they didn't even have insurance uh-huh. at all <laughs> on the park. <laughs> zero insurance and so they start getting like sued because people are dying dying getting injured and they're like it's fine it's fine it's fine uh turned out uh it wasn't fine uh eventually so i mean really it had a pretty good run almost 20 years isn't there a detail that like it was from 83 to 85 they got sued like i don't remember dozens of times but the thing was that the settlements were less than the profits so they were like cost of doing business Yeah. yeah so it starts to they took out some loans from first fidelity bank uh 19 million dollars and um they started to not be able to pay it. It was all that shit's adding up. Um, somebody comes and buys their debt and kind of owns ish the company. And then in the 1996, creditors are like, fuck y'all, we're gonna make you go into bankruptcy. Wait, they were open till 96? Yeah. 1996. Jesus. Uh, so. <laughs> In 1996, they filed for Chapter 11. In the following March, they were like, we're totally going to open within a year. We got this. Um, But on June 25th, 1997, they announced that they would be unable to do that and they would cease all operations. Um, Yeah, the company was revamped and bought by Mountain Creek Water Park and that exists now. You can go there and you can see all the like old shit that they hasn't taken it down. down. They've taken down some of it. Yeah. But I mean the chairlift is still there. You can still see the the alpine slide. The alpine slide and <laughs> I just Oh man. Those alpine slides are still around and they're safer now, but when I was a kid we'd go on them in Colorado. They're dangerous as hell just naturally. Yeah. Like, they're scary. Yeah. I forgot I think I was in the process of saying this and got distracted, but doctors at surrounding hospitals were complaining so much that they were getting so many injured people just from the park that GAR, the company, bought a bunch of extra ambulances and gave them to the hospitals. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just... It's you, so good. You might be a redneck yep. if... <laughs> So <laughs> your amusement park has to donate ambulances to the local hospitals just oh, to stay in God. business. Eugene Mulvihill. Oh man. His son defended him and he was like, he was an innovator. He was trying all this shit out. Fuck you. That's the hardest <laughs> I've laughed. And it's so tragic. It's really genuinely it is. It's, like it's fucked upsetting. Up. Yeah. 
But it's also pretty funny. Yeah. Vernon, New Jersey. Action Park. Look it up because it's crazy. There are also commercials for it online mm-hmm. still, like the old ones. You can watch them on YouTube. They're very funny. And you can kind of see where all the danger comes in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think what makes it so funny is that it's New Jersey in the 80s. Yeah. Like there's something about that that you can just kind of picture Jesse Eisenberg getting fucked up in a movie for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 All I'm thinking is Adventureland. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, at some point, I don't know if they had stayed open long enough. They like people in like the late 90s started being like fear factor and like what can I live through oh yeah take a ride on this they could have had a television show on CBS if they just stuck with it for five more Mm -hmm. years yeah I just I think my favorite of the rides was just the one that was like snake infested pond yeah (laughs) Jesus Christ like so good I wonder if like the jackass boys ever went there growing up feel like that would change you in that way yeah right yeah maybe oh man all right well we learned a lot i don't even want to try to figure it out yeah don't just nothing is safe life is a highway (laughs) fear going my way oh my god we'll end there yeah 